0: All right, so big question this week. We better get right into it. All right, big one. Huge. White, wide open, so I guess you can take it wherever you like. Imagine you were starting over your study of prophecy. Ooh, just prophecy or mainly prophecy? Mainly prophecy. And you knew nothing. Nothing. Tabula rosa. You got the gospel. You understand who Jesus Christ is. All that stuff, foundational stuff there. But prophecy, what's coming? Have never read a have never read a revelation. Fresh. Okay, now
1: does it include that I've not ever listened to anything on the radio or I'm just like tabula rosa? Yeah. With the book of Revelation. Blank slate. Okay, now look, in my Christian life, I started with the book of Revelation. Before I got saved, I well, read it over. So this not apply over. to
0: that then? Huh? Don't go back there then. Yeah. Gotta go somewhere else. All right. Imagine.
1: So imagine myself without knowledge of things ah. to come. Yeah.
0: Well, okay, first Hold of on, all. let me ask the question. All right. Okay. Can you imagine it?
1: Uh, Well, I can imagine it if the Holy Ghost is going to tell me things to come. You're saved. I'm open. You believe you're open. My ears are open. Yeah. You're ready to to learn this I got ears to hear. That's what I want to say. All right. So I'm tabula rosa, but with ears to hear. Right. All right. So. Which question? uh, Two angles to that
0: question. The first one is, as the person who is tabula rosa, where do you start and then the other side of the coin, pick, pick your own adventure. If you're teaching that person,
1: where do you start with them? Where do I start with the guy I'm imagining here? And yeah. as the guy imagined, what would I do? Exactly. Okay, Whichever well, you like. what you say I would do, I would do. I would want somebody to teach me. So you would find someone to teach you. I would find someone to teach me, yeah. And the Lord would all, the, the Lord would bring that. Remember, I wanted to say the Holy Ghost was ready to reveal things to come to me because I'm saved and he is ready for all who are saved. Right. And have ears to hear. Right. So now I've got ears to hear. So, so the Lord sends along somebody that I listen to and, and I'll listen to that person and, and, and it'll open up really probably more interesting questions than it does solutions and answers to the questions right. that I have. But all of a sudden I realized that this Bible is uh uh, and 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 this is the book of Revelation. I mean, just just saying anything out of that book, uh, just showing really anything out of that book, or any prophecy like in First uh, or Second Thessalonians to look at, and and to <clears throat> to listen to somebody who understands that makes an enormous impression on uh, the early believer. So, How do you judge that person as an early believer? Like, they're talking stuff out of Revelation. You have no clue if it's right or wrong. You're just like, well. As the early believer, this all blows right past you. But remember the Holy Ghost involved. Don't forget. Okay? Right. So the Word of God is quick, and it's powerful, and it pierces asunder. Right. And the Holy Ghost is there to show you things to come through the Word. So there's a lot on your side. hmm uh, to help you along in such a thing. So almost anything, I mean, even to just uh, take apart, and describe the Lord's uh, resurrection and ascension, builds uh, a thirst for knowing things to come. Uh, because the angel tells the apostles, you know, he'll come back just like he left. Because the
0: story's not over yet. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, I think it's easy to engage a new believer in prophetic teaching. Very easy. You've got, scores of scriptures hundreds of scriptures probably thousands of scriptures that you can use to just begin
0: so that that sounds harder because there's so many choices then well you if Did you you say there's no bad choice
1: but yeah if you're well no there's probably not a bad cho- choice <laughs> in the sense of you know you're asking somebody who who, who teaches and you know who wants to teach you uh, he he can come to you with you know starting anywhere almost yeah And uh,
0: So as a teacher, given the choice, though, what do you start with?
1: Yeah, as a teacher. Well, it depends who the person is. I would probably begin with Matthew uh, 11. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest.
0: Well, that verse wasn't perfect. Take my
1: yoke upon you and learn of me. I I can't find it yet. And learn of me. And you will, for my am weak and... Uh, I am uh,
0: meek uh, and lowly in heart, and you shall and find rest unto your souls. You'll
1: find rest to your souls. So I, I would start with probably... Well, I, could st- I might start right there, because you know, as I said, it depends who the person is. But I might start right there. I did start right there with a group of young Kenyans, and they went nuts when I laid it out that those are two different things. Mm. And that finding rest is, uh, you know, finding eternal life. And finding rest for your soul has to do with salvation of your soul, which is different and beyond obtaining eternal life. And just breaking that scripture out into two parts like that and teaching it, they got so excited. And, of course, you may say, well, that's not prophetic scripture. But, yes, it is because I'm so? taking the Lord's yoke upon you and learning of him involves a ton of prophetic scripture, not only future prophetic scripture, but as you're aware, a rich, thick bunch of past prophetic scripture that's already been fulfilled to the T. Mm-hmm. And I know that's your, that's your prophecy topic. Right. So you'll bring, you know, you're going to bring the hoi polloi, the uh, many infallible proofs. And, uh, you know, that's pretty persuasive and shows the character of God's word that it predicts. Right? That's prophecy, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, if like you, you see uh, Abraham sacrificing Isaac uh, uh, on Mount Moriah and the Lord you know, dies there, a real sacrifice, one the picture of the other, of course that's fulfilled prophecy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I won't go any further because everybody's going to have to listen to your prophecy talk to get the full measure of every infallible proof possible. Every single one. Every single one. Mm. So, uh, you know, I might begin there, for example, Matthew, you know, Matthew 11 there. Why why would I begin there? Because these kids, about 30 of them, were so triggered.
0: Okay, so you're pointing out that there's a rest given and a rest found, and the rest found is future. And it says, Take my yoke upon me, and you'll find this thing, right? So there's some digging. One given, one found. Right. And then there's
1: this future. Which is a lot like one given, one one. Yeah,
0: gift and a prize. Right? And two justifications.
1: Yeah, see how you've got that rock solid division in your doctrinal house and allows you to uh, divide scriptures that have confounded Bible teachers for ages. Think about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How responsible are you now? What are you going to do? You're a young man, you got a family to raise, which is in your certification, right? Yeah. You screw up there, you've screwed up your preaching, mm. right, yep, so you know, what are you gonna do? You got a life before you? I don't <laughs> i mean i have got probably I've got a lot less time than you, probably probably, and uh, if we want to talk about probabilities, but uh and my goal is to live beyond and four okay why why that number? Well, I calculated that's when when one of my grandson's uh son. We'll get married. Talk about prophecy. How do you know that? I don't know it. That's what I want. I want to live (laughs) to see my my grandson, Max's son, get married. Your grandson, Max's son. Right. Get married. Okay. So Max has to grow up. Have a son. Get married. Maybe harder to do than having a son. He's got to find a wife. Not an easy thing. We've got to find a wife. You know, maybe he marries one of your daughters. Who knows? And, uh, (laughs) okay, so... Uh, he's got to find a wife, and then uh, they have to have a child—a ba- right. boy, a boy, a you boy. Know, which Jeff, you know, that might take eight or nine shots. That's right. And uh, then that boy has to grow up and get married. And you'll be 104 when that happens. He will be my great when he gets married. He will be my great grandson, but his child would be my great great. Now I haven't thought to wait until he gets married and has a child, specifically a son. No. That may be too much to ask. I guess, I, Lord, if that can happen, that'd be good. Uh, that might take me up to 108. I don't know why you want to live that long. You're in so much pain already. You know, Abraham got to live as long as he wanted, full of years. Yeah. I'm in pain a lot. You know that. Yeah. I'm not full of years. I want to live. After what I went through and God took me through, I think there's a reason that he did that. I could have died easily enough last year. Right? Yeah. Like when you saw, we talked about when you saw me down in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. Dying. Or yeah. even, you know, dead. <laughs> Intubated. Man. Yeah. On the verge. On the verge of death. In its hands, yeah. Beyond, beyond conscious recognition of things of life. Yeah. Could not drive. <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> Definitely couldn't drive. <laughs> couldn't uh couldn't do anything but. Kind of Couldn't
1: roll from side to side. Squirm actually. is about all you could do was squirm. I, I could not I could not roll to the left or right. No, let alone stand up or anything like it. I was a lump of stuff, and the nurses took care of me. I'm so grateful to the, nur- the nurses that took care of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to thank them enough. I pray for them. Tell the Lord to reward them. You know, remind them. But I want to go see them.
0: Well, driving us back. That's your prophecy is 104 in the. And not then,
1: my problem. I told you it's not my problem. I know. I'm just
0: saying. You're, you're. It's my hope.
1: I want to see my grandson's son get there. married. Maybe I'm going to move that to see my grandson's son's son. Why wait there? I mean, just add another great great. Yeah, 118. Yeah, he's not the first. Probably not the first to have a great great. I mean, my great grandson's already three years old. That's a lot of grades. Yeah. So let's say that these these thirty young Kenyan men are like,
0: this is awesome.
1: They were they were like that, and then they awesome. say, what? What's going to happen? They didn't have a guy to stick around teaching further. It was in a school, by the way, a public okay. school. You you can't study prophecy enough. It'll never harm you. There's kind of a story out there that you know don't don't get involved in Bible prophecy because it's a lot of opinions and mm. you know you'll be following one opinion or another. Well, so what? You know, we're the ministry of the Word of God is to bring the assembly into the unity of the faith. And if the raised up ministers of the word of God uh, actively function, accurately function in the ministry, uh, matters of doctrinal controversy will be resolved and we'll all see it the same way. Now, it may be that we all see it Jim's way because Jim just had the answer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe that we all, you know, by one guy. I wanted to learn... I did not travel with you guys into the controversy around the four chapters of Ezekiel. I would like to have because I think still there, there's there's oil in them now in hills. You know, I think you never know what kind of discussion and search into the Bible prof, Bible prophecy that you find you're in the Permian Basin and, oh, man, you got a gusher on your hands. And here comes, you know, lots of truth right at you, splashing all over you. Mm. So, yeah, uh, that's, the, that's supposed to be the, like, crowning activity of the ministry in a church. Just so. to sort out thorny, do- I mean, not only, you know, not, and not raising them for no reason, but to sort out thor- thorny diff, uh, doctrinal problems as best you can so that, uh, that there is a, a consistent uh, eschatology in the church. There's a consistent soteriology in the church. There's a consistent ecclesiology in the church. You know, these issues come up. Uh, <clears throat> Let no, me give examples.
0: Slow down and unpack those long words for me so. oh,
1: Okay, well, i give you, what, three of them Soteriology Soteriology is the study of salvation okay. Got to get that right Yes Okay, okay. Uh, Eschatology, future things, future you know that things. Ecclesiology Ecclesiology is the study of how the church should be And uh, we're, we're uh, actually in the midst of talking about how the church should be in our own church, right? Yeah As the church has matured we, we never have any reason to talk whatsoever about it when it's three of us. <laughs> right. You know, there's no, let's not worry about it. But now there's a couple hundred of us, and uh, I think that, I honestly think our church, we'll have a church of 600 in the next couple of years. There he goes,
0: prophesying
1: again. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Where do you get that? And I'm hoping. Well, um, just by sense. the rate of growth that I see, mm. it, as my son calls it, organic growth, is extensive. And uh, just based
0: on birth rate alone,
1: yeah. And also, <laughs> if we would merely maintain a comfort level of our of our gathering place to that end, I used to think we didn't do any. We've done a really lousy job of maintaining managing our physical property. But today, I think no, the Lord had to lead lead us and me, lead me into a, a better understanding of of how property should be held, commonly by the believers. Hmm. I had never given a lot of thought to it, but lately I gave a lot of thought to it. And that's why, as you know, I think it should be overseen by the presbytery of the church. It's like a senior diaconate, if I could call it that. Why do you believe that? Because the elder is supposed to submit to the older, uh because they're called presbyteros o- overseers are also called presbyteros it's like out of those older people come the yeah. elders you a know subgroup so yeah. does
0: that just relate to all aspects of ecclesiology or is that like property specifically that's why i say uh, why
1: well it. no i think you see property comes it has to property almost has to come into play doesn't it i mean you see in the scriptures that they're meeting in such and such a house and, yeah, it's his property, his home. Right. Is he paying all the bills? Do you think? Nah, he's not paying all the bills. I mean, not everything's monetized in that day, but people come from afar and walked to these gatherings, and they met by by uh, historical accounts. They met for long periods of time, like all day. And they had to have provision for that, mm-hmm. you know, food and sanitation provision and i would there's no nothing in the scripture about it but i doubt very seriously if jason arranged all the meals all day for everybody i imagine they chipped in right and put the meals and put meals and other provisions together and so that in a way is how common property is functioning in that church and of course we have the thing in the Jerusalem church where you have to worry about and the and Corinthian church. Well most you, people
0: would turn to Acts chapter 2 and say see they had all things in common and so not only was Jason providing but like everybody would, they would lend that as evidence towards your point but it seems that that was
1: that, that was fruitless, unique. right? Right. And then we have 1 Corinthians where they were divisive in their meal provision.
0: Yeah, some people were hungry, some people were eating lush and
1: Everybody brought their own meal, and some were bringing, you know, steak and eggs, and others were bringing oatmeal. Right. And uh, it became a, a, a class deal when mealtime came. Right.
0: It was divisive. It came together for the worse.
1: Yeah. And so, as, as you know, we, we have a common meal every Sunday. And um, that, for example— should not need to be overseen by those who are preaching the word. They should be left alone to study the word of God. That kind of thing should be overseen by who? Well, the older the older people of the church who, who have taken broad responsibility to lead the church as a group, mm-hmm. out of which group come elders who are the leaders of that older group, specifically, especially.
0: They're all elders, but the overseers are the leaders. Is that what you're saying? The older group are all elders— but then, amongst the elders, there's the there's
1: the bishops, the bishops, right? translated bishop, right? Right, the Episcopos. overseers, overseers, which is
0: really the leaders of the elders. Yes, and leaders. I guess lead. They lead the whole church, really.
1: Yeah, but if they lead the whole church, they must be leading the elders, right? Right. And then the which the is why they must be elder,
0: huh? <laughs> they must be elder, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and we have to we have to separate because we use the word term elder for both things, and we don't do proper distinction division, you know. We got to call. I mean, I, I'm going to just go ahead and use the word presbytery, you know. Mm-hmm. Is he an elder? No, but he's, he is part of the presbytery. And, you know, as we just set up our way of looking after goods, out of the presbytery, we selected uh, seven people to look after our common property. And as deacons function within that system, because deacons take care of these problems. That arise around common, like the common meal in Jerusalem, the seven so-called deacons. Now, see, they're not; they weren't qualified in the way that a deacon today becomes qualified. As the deacon today becomes qualified, so that one day he might be an elder who uh, an episcopal. Age will make him a presbyter, right. even age alone. But to become an overseer. He has to meet those qualifications that are laid out for him, husband and one wife. You know, many of the qualifications, some of the qualifications of the elder, apt to teach is not one of his qualifications. Right. So lacking apt to teach, he's not going to be leading a church. He's not going to be a leader of the, of the elders, of the older people. But, at, but somebody who is apt to teach, of course, can instruct the entire church and has to. So look at yourself, right? You, you can't be a leader of elders because why? Too young. Too young, you know? Haven't, haven't built your proper credentials yet. Yeah, got my
0: work cut out for me.
1: You got your work cut out for you. But the grace of God will establish you and do that for you. And as that, as that continues to happen, you see that your influence in the assembly and the, authority, and the authority with which you preach grows. We have a brother that has 16 kids, right? Well, he's got his 16 kids in order and they're growing up, and as they grow up and stamp, could we say, stamp his resume? Yeah. With certifications, more, more power to him. More influence in the assembly. More authoritative uh, mm-hmm. teaching. Right. And that's how it's supposed to go. That's how it's supposed to go. Now, within there, those teachers need to make sure they don't ex- exceed their line, or carry forth further than their graced. To do so. Mm-hmm. So within the ministry, there's oversight. And those leading among the elders should need to be able to correct doctrine in the church and defend doctrine uh, against those who are on the outside. So that, you know, there's those that rise up, there's those that come to the outside. And the leader of that church has to be, the leaders of that church have to be able to confront both those. Uh, Potential problems inside the ministry. That's inside the ministry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you see a relatively smooth transition to ministry. So many people think that deacon work is the pathway to ministry of the word.
0: Not necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Because a deacon does not have to be apt to teach. I mean, That's right. And yeah, the apt to minister
1: teach. of the word might become so involved in the ministry of the word that he is not to do the work of deacon. Yeah. So it's really about the work you're doing. It's about the work you're doing in the word of God. That's got to be primary of everything. Right. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? So the older, the leader that comes out from the elder, which we call elders, right? They are to uphold the framework of the ministry. Now, much of what I have to say here is I'm learning because I'm without, I'm no longer the husband of one wife. And I try to think, well, then what is my role as no longer the husband and one wife? Well, it's not as if I have, all of a sudden my wife dies. I have no role that I may have to figure it out, but, mm-hmm. uh, to be a leader among the older people, uh, I'm just going to do it. And, and, uh, some of the other things that require a woman's involvement, I'm, I'm going to avoid, you know, but, uh as far as leading among the older people, I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I'm going to lead doctrinally as much as I can also. Um, because otherwise I have, I have no idea what to do in the assembly. Uh, just to maintain doctrinal leadership is extremely important, for example, to our church and uh, perhaps even to get some of it down writing so that, uh, what we agree about is more easily found but but we actually have had no doctrinal trouble have we in the church we haven't had we've had doctrinal questions that we were able to resolve yeah uh, but we haven't had doctrinal problems and the uh, those who rise up have not been able to get into the ministry yet so far as our well one started to get in ministry we had to extinguish one rat
0: so there are those that will take that. Qualification of an episcopus of an overseer as the husband of one wife, like you said, as as a statement of the care of your character of the kind of person that you are.
1: Yeah, I think it's a little more than that, but yes, it is that. But I think it's a little more than that.
0: So you lived your life married to Karen, and she died. Yes, you're saying you're no lo- You're you're no longer the husband of one
1: wife. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not married, Karen. Right. So much a husband, of anybody till death do us part,
0: right? Right, you're parted. I agree, but don't you think that you represented that?
1: Well, I mean, I don't think my resume gets you just put a you know kerosene on and fired up. No, well,
0: because like, it seems like a unfortunate event with regards to like if it just well, I think you for I, I think there's
1: a, see, I think now there's something said about you know a widows over sixty if they've done this and that, right? If a widow has done you know, wash the saints' feet, all that kind of thing, uh, Then, and she's over 60 years old, then the church is to support her if she needs support. Mm. Of course, maybe the church just needs to go to her family and say, hey, you know, step right. it up here, fellas. Right. But whatever it is, the church has a responsibility to that person. Well, what about the guy overseas? Nothing said about the guy that's over 60, right? Right. Um, doesn't claim support from the church, but uh, it just doesn't say anything about him. And uh, I don't think Paul lived much past 60.
0: Probably not, no.
1: So um, what is the role? Well, I, I think the role is leading the ministry for sure.
0: But would you say you cannot oversee anymore? Because it's a work, right? No,
1: I, over I, oversight is a work. You can do any work you
0: want. But that's what the role is, the role of Well, it's just,
1: uh, you know, uh, I guess it's a matter of like, um, I want the church to, to understand that... Uh, the The work of elder the the cer- the certification of elder is important, yeah, and the work that his wife does is important.
0: So there's a reason that that is circumstantial and not character because no, you,
1: it's not about character. it's about the work.
0: What I'm saying that qualification is circumstantial. Of course. And you don't choose that circumstantial. well, I mean yeah. you can, but you can also not, right? Right like some men don't have it. like they never got married maybe they wanted to they Paul just never, never did. got
1: remarried and apparently parted with his wife if he had one which is that pretty evident that he did he was in the sanhedrin they have to be married yeah she either left him or died and he said he had no need and continued on as a single guy and he lacked no he lacked no he certainly led his resume yeah he certainly led and his resume was just fine. Yeah. There is a, a work to be done in um, in the assembly among the assemblies. Now, I just believe our church is so ready for explosive explosion that in a couple of years it'll go from 200 to 600 and in 5 years it, it'll go from the, maybe to three or four assemblies. It
0: comes to prophecies again. Pulling out another one. I've
1: said that before. You've heard that before.
0: (laughs) But now you're going on the record.
1: (laughs) I was on the record then.
0: All right. Fair enough. So you were very hopeful about a few People are
1: so much in need of the scriptures. It's just so much in need of the scriptures. Roman Catholics are being saved. Where is this happening? In their little private groups and their associations that they build. and They have little groups that they set up and little networks that they set up and... The gospel is getting loose on them. Hmm. This Supreme Court justice, right, is Pentecostal uh, sort of. Yeah, you know, uh, She's Roman, Catholic. Catholic, Roman Catholic, you know. But they're Pentecostal, countries.
0: Roman Catholic. Yeah, that isn't that rare.
1: No, nah, no, no. That no. all started up. I would say I would give the year of 1969 that started. Uh, Time magazine had a cover uh, article about glossolalia. Or speaking in tongues mm-hmm. in Roman Catholic Charismatic uh, circles, and that continued on. And uh, though wrong about the speaking in tongues, uh, they started to rely more on reading the Bible than uh, trying to, you know, educate themselves on Roman Catholic doctrine. And in the handling of that hot potato, they got burnt and they're saved. I talked to a saved Roman Catholic just yesterday. She's as saved as you and me, but you know, her ecclesiology is horrible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it keeps yeah. her
1: from gaining. And, and the ecclesiology it defeats the truth when it's so wrong. So the so she's saved, but she's not associated with the pillar in support of the truth. And uh,
0: so she needs to be.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly needs to be. Uh, and the, and the church is. Can I may I say the church is so easy for people. Being in a proper Christian church is so easy, and so helpful. You don't. It's Real, not that you have to go, which you don't want to miss, because it's so helpful. Compared to what you're used to, maybe. You
0: said so easy. Compared to anything.
1: There's nothing like the assembly, right? There's nothing like the Church of God. The conception of it is just incredible. It's just amazing how it really, really works. Over my lifetime, I have had the opportunity to test how the Word of God really, really works among people. And I don't know, I have to say really, really. I get that from my from my daughter. <laughs> But how, how the Word of God works among people and it's a marvelous thing. And in the course of that, you know, you you may not know. But you go from the love of God. God so loved the world that he gave his son. You believe in the Lord Jesus and you're saved because he's the savior of the whole world, and that includes me. So you've experienced that love. Yet there's a deeper, more profound, and when I say more all-pervasive perva- all love, at least as you feel it, and that is the love that Christ has for his assembly, where he, when he gets ascendancy, he pours out the blessing on the saints in that assembly. And if you were to hear the Thanksgiving prayers in our church of the poured-out blessing of lives, you just, we'd just be there for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, because you can't even keep up with it, right? There's a new, there's a new great story of you know the Lord blessing somebody every couple times a week, and they've mm-hmm. got a, a wonderful story behind it all. So it just is, it's just kind of amazing, right? Babies uh, being born and people, young people getting saved, and people falling in love and. Houses being built, houses being sold easily, people finding their place to live so easily. You know, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, uh, the, uh, the listener may be getting bored with this, but the great blessing that Christ pours out on his church is a phenomenon that how would you, why would you ever want to miss that? It's like a river of blessing.